Injuries and unreliable pitching is pretty much the definition of the 2022 Red Sox season. And it all unfolded right in front of us in game one of the Toronto Blue Jays series. You are locked on Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to welcome you back into the Locked On Red Sox podcast. And thank you so much for making Locked On Red Sox your first listen of every single day. I am your host, Massachusetts Pirates team insider and production assistant for the Woo Sox, Jake Ignazuski. And I'm here with my co-host, as always, Nessa's Lauren Willand. And wow, this is the first time I've hosted since you got married. I'm very proud of myself <laughs> that I didn't say Campbell. Because I, I said to you, I'm like, you got to remind me because it's so ingrained in my mind. We've done so many of these. You, you did good. I'm proud of you. You got the Twitter handle down like like it's nothing, and now new last name. You're you're a pro. Sometimes I do screw it up, and I do I do got to cut it perfectly so it doesn't so it doesn't seem like it. But I'm getting there. I'm learning. But uh, unfortunately, the Red Sox aren't learning to really manage their pitching staff too well. Unfortunately, you know injuries kind of put them into a tough situation with starting Josh Winkowski on short notice, but. Unfortunately, he, he struggled once again against this Toronto Blue Jays loaded offense and lineup. And that, that was something that I was sort of nervous about. You know, we've seen Winkowski not being be able to be a reliable starter on the mound for the Red Sox so far in his career. And this was his first time against the Blue Jays. And unfortunately, um, everything sort of blew up in that third inning. Yeah, to say the least. I mean, Josh Winkowski's here because... In more injuries upon injuries, and even though he was on regular rest, it's still you know you're getting that call from Worcester or forever wherever the Woo Sox are, and they're like, all right, time to go back to Boston. And he knows he was sent down because he was struggling so bad, especially through his last seven starts. Mm -hmm. And to come in and to just kind of struggle again, and to just blow it up, and just not be able to have any control, any command, and not bounce back the way you obviously would hope after a string of bad starts, but it's, it's unfortunate. And as long as Evaldi's on the IL, I feel like Josh Winkowski will be here because he did replace Evaldi on the roster. It's, it's just messy. The Blue Jays are a very good team. Yes. But it's, we are now at the end of August and I just feel like the theme of this season, we've just said, well, they're a good team. They're a good team. There's injuries. There's this. Yes. The Red Sox are, have been bitten by the injury bug, but they're just, they've been so bad against the Blue Jays this year that Tuesday gave me no hope for me to think that they're going to turn it around against the Blue Jays or really even any AL East opponent at this point. And, and you would think at the start of the season, like when we're talking about the Blue Jays, that would mean a little bit more weight than what their statistics in, in record currently shows. I mean, on paper, great team, loaded lineup, but at the same time, they're not too, too much better in record-wise than the Red Sox or, you know, they're very close with the Rays, but, but they're underachieving to what most people expected this team to be able to do with how much they, they did during this off season. And, you know, as you mentioned, you know, their offense was on full display uh, in that third inning Red Sox ended up allowing eight total earned runs. We saw uh, Winkowski allow six earned and then Austin Davis tried to come in, clean it up, didn't do too well in doing that allowed two more runs. And then uh, later in the seventh, Salomora allowed, another run but especially with how important uh you know this stretch is against ALE's teams 
the Red Sox just aren't, aren't playing, I guess, with that sense of urgency or uh, th- things are just not rolling their way. No, certainly not. And, you know, you think you would think with how many players are on the IL and yes, they are a lot of key players, but you would think that they'd have that next man up mentality that we have seen not necessarily from the 2022 team, but in previous Red Sox teams, we've seen them be able to step up. And this is when maybe they didn't have a lot of depth in the farm system, but they were able to just kind of be, have that next man up mentality, be able to win games or at least play competitive baseball. If the Red Sox are playing competitive baseball. We'd be singing a completely different tune right now, but they're not. They don't even look competitive out there. You have Christian Arroyo doing stupid slides feet first into first base. You have just everything going wrong for the Red Sox. And you have Rob Refschneider misplaying, having a do or die play out in right field. Yeah, right field. And the end result was not due. And it's, it, there's just no, I don't know if it's just lack of depth. I don't know if it's lack of urgency. I don't know if this team has just kind of thrown in the towel and just been like, well, this is a lost season. It's August. We're six, seven games out of the wild card spot. Yes, it's still within reach, but the amount of injuries that keep piling up, the way they keep playing, and the way they keep losing against ALE's teams, like, I would almost rather this team not make the postseason, get embarrassed in the wild card, than just don't make the make don't make the postseason, have a full off season, get yourselves healthy, who whoever is continues to be injured, one hundred percent healthy, and just look toward twenty twenty three. As you said, those injuries really have started to pile up, and we're going to break everything down like that in the second segment. But th- thank God, as you mentioned with Christian Royal, you know, it didn't go the Red Sox usual bad news way of him getting injured because he- he's the hottest guy in the lineup right now, hitting 377 over the last 20 games. Uh, also, you know, uh, got a really nice double off the wall to eventually be the first run for the Red Sox after Kike Hernandez drove him in in the second inning. Uh, but as you said, they, they really haven't looked uh, great, especially recently against ALE's teams. And uh, I even had a friend at, at, from work ask me, honestly, you know, with, with, you know, how are everything set up for this team? And, you know, even though, you know, they're five games out of the wild card, do you see them finding a way to sneak into that playoff spot? And I said to him, you know, as a Red Sox fan, I'm always going to believe. But as a baseball fan, with the depth that they have and with the injuries that they have, it's tough for me to put my full confidence in a yes and uh, it, it's something where as well, you know, you, you mentioned with Josh Winkowski probably going to have to fill in until Nathan Avaldi's uh, out. And, you know, we probably won't see him until, until the end of August. And uh, weirdly enough, and, and you know, I, I, I saw this on uh, MajorLeagueTradeRumors.com this afternoon. Garrett Richards is available. I, I don't want him back, you know, but it's depth. And, you know, if if you're able to, you know, sign him, see what happens and, slot him into that Winkowski role. I, I, I didn't love Garrett Richards here whatsoever, but I don't I don't think he's going to give you as bad of a start as we've seen from Josh Winkowski the last few games. I just think the Red Sox should just stay away from anyone who's played <laughs> on this team in the last year or two that they even want to think about bringing back. It's just, I don't want to call this, like, I don't, they're not, technically they're not out of the postseason race, right? Right. But Yes, you do have pitchers coming back. But as we're recording, hopefully we'll know as Alex Cora starts uh, speaking to reporters post game. we don't even know who's going to pitch for this team Wednesday. And it's this is where this team is, that you are so depleted, you are so injury riddled, that you don't know who's going to start 24, less than 24 hours before your next game. And 
it, this isn't even like a competitive thing. It's not like, oh, we have Nick Pavetta on long rest or we have a Chris Sale or a James Paxton like ready to go. Like they don't have people ready to go. And this is a problem. And Garrett Richards did find a groove in a bullpen last year for a hot minute. But I don't if they want to just keep blowing the season up, sure, go for it. But just stay away. Like this team and their fans, their poor fans have endured enough. Don't make it worse on them. Give it a week. I won't be surprised if we see a notification. I'm going to send it right back to you and be like, you know, right? I'm not happy, but I guess I was right. You know, I guess I could say I was right. Uh, but some things that, you know, sort of annoyed me in this game, you know, as we mentioned, you know, Winkowski and Cordero both got called up. Um, with, with uh, Avaldi and Eric Hosmer both getting placed on IL. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. But uh, the one thing that really annoyed me about with, uh, you know, placing Cordero at first base is I understand he has past experience there. And, you know, looking at what the Red Sox currently have in Worcester, the only guy that would really be able to fit that first base role with Hosmer out is Tristan Cassis. But uh, with the Red Sox playing Cordero in center field, pretty much every single game that he's been down there to work on becoming a better hitter and hopefully a little bit of a better defensive player. doesn't make any sense to me that you're going to expect him to be a reliable, def good defensive first baseman when he gets zero reps in AAA. And you already know, and there's great examples that he cannot play first base. And it showed perfectly in the, in the first few innings when he missed when he missed a foul ball and I just came to my mind, doesn't make any sense to me that you expect him to be good. And, you know, I get, you know, why would you put him in over Cassis? Like I get that 1000%, but it's, it just baffles me. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's the theme of what I've been saying. Like this is where this team is at. Right. And I fully expect Tristan Cassis to be here in September. I fully expect him to be part of the September call-ups. I don't, want to rush him yes he's hitting the cover off the ball in triple a was a home run shy of the cycle on tuesday he looks great since he returned from injury but at this point he's certainly not going to save the season you'll be able to see fans will be able to see what he what he can showcase get a small sample size out of him but there's no need to truly rush him and i think they're being the woo Sox and the red Sox are just being so cautiously optimistic with him and cautiously just cautious how they continue with his with that ankle with his progression in mm -hmm. Worcester so I get it and I know that people are mad when they see Franchi at first base I get mad at seeing Franchi at first base too I, I do but there's you have Bobby Delbeck you have Franchi Cordero you have Eric Cosmer when he's healthy you have three guys Franchi's obviously the odd man out there but it's it, yeah it, it doesn't make sense but you can't you can bring, bring Cassis up, but you shouldn't bring him up right now. Wait till September. Wait till you have a better picture of where this team really is with a month left in the season. You don't want to put any more added pressure on this kid when he comes up. It's like, ah, save our season at first base. First base sucks. All eyes are going to be on Cassis. All eyes are going to be on Cassis anyway. Just like all eyes are on Franchi just for him to mess up at first base, which you know is going to come every time he plays there. And it just... I mean, yeah, Eric Hosmer has been a great, uh, like I mentioned when he got, when the Red Sox traded for him, instant defensive upgrade. Now he's on the IL. It does sound like it's going to be short, which is a, it's a good sign, but it's just one thing after another, this team just does not feel complete. And when you, at the beginning of the season, when you were looking at this team on paper, they felt complete. And August 23rd, this team feels 
anything but complete. Couldn't agree more. And, you know, I 100% get why the, the Red Sox called up Cassis. And it wasn't just a defensive thing. I mean, when, when you looked at what he was doing in Worcester, I mean, in, in you know, the three-game sample, just he had two major games. He had three for five with two home runs, and then he went three for four with a grand slam. I, I mean, obviously, AAA and major league pitching is, is completely different, and we have we've saw that in his performance tonight. But still, you got to give the guy a chance if it looks like – He's, he's completely changed his approach uh, for, from, you know, a week or so and has been really hitting well. But, you know, as you mentioned, you know, uh, Alex Cora talked a little bit more about the Cassis call up. And if you don't follow us on Twitter, um, follow us over there. It's LO underscore Red Sox. But uh, we, we, we retweeted a tweet uh, about Alex Cora talking about Cassis. And he said, from my end, we haven't talked about it none. Uh, I mean, it hasn't been brought up to me. He hasn't played this year he didn't play last year that's the way i see it he's still developing that's my opinion he needs to get his reps keep getting his reps and keep getting better he was off for three months so i think that's part of the equation we haven't talked about that recently but i felt like franchise has been swinging the bat well so we'll see, we'll see how it goes this week hopefully we can get hosmer back as soon as possible so that's an update on that uh everybody in their mother who is a red sox fan wants tristan cassis up here he's been hitting really well you know even you know yesterday he had an RBI triple um, has just been really seeing the ball well, but uh, you know, heard it right there from the man himself, you know, they haven't really thought about it too, too much. So uh, we'll see what happens going into September, but going into our second segment of the locked on Red Sox podcast, we're going to break down some of the injury updates uh, that came out uh, today, as well as some other moves that the Red Sox made. But before we get into that, Lauren just wants to talk to you about New Hampshire drive safe. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. And as the evening comes to an end, people start to head out. You think calling for a ride, but nah, you live nearby. You make it, you can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. I don't know. You could kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our road to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again, play it safe, plan ahead, and get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Okay, here's how Miro works. See, it's amazing. What's everyone doing at David's desk? Ever since marketing started using Miro's collaborative online whiteboard, he thinks all our other teams should sign up. Why? He says Miro's making his meetings disappear. And if every team gets on it, that means even less meetings. They're using Miro for brainstorms, mind maps, customer research. So could we use Miro instead of having another 100 meetings for every round of feedback? Yep. You can comment, react to ideas, even leave a recording on the board. And what about presentations? There are Miro templates for that. How do you know so much about Miro? I've actually been using it all along. I just used a Miro board to plan the best vacation. Okay, I'm on board. See how Miro users save up to 80 hours every year by meeting less and doing more. Get on board at Miro.com with three boards free forever. That's M I R O.com. Before, before we start, I'm just going to re record the before we get into that, just so I can yep. just clip it right in. So in the, our second segment of the Lockdown Red Sox podcast, we're going to break down some of the injury updates as well as some moves that the Red Sox made in the last day or so. But real quick, something positive that I want to kind of talk about 
from uh, this most recent game, as tough as it was, uh, I love Kevin Millar in the booth. Other than Yuke, he's my favorite former player that's been up there. And you know, I, I think something that uh, just shows how good he is of a personality up there is when, when uh, I think Kike got the RBI single. He was like, Kiki, you love me. He started like singing that. He's like, I know how much he hates it. But like, seriously, his analysis, like he was breaking down like pretty much every single up at bat and pitch uh, with, with some really good insider analysis. So I think he's been fine. I genuinely enjoy Kevin Millar. And, you know, he was a big part of my teenage years with the Red Sox teams and that whole big, fun 2004 team. I completely get the nostalgia there. Sometimes he just needs to shut up. And maybe they, people say that about me too. I don't know. But there's times where I'm like, oh my God, he's still talking. But he's a lot of the time, I feel like he's not just like, I mean, sometimes he's just babbling. But I just, I do like what he brings to the game. I do like that he's not too far removed from the game. Like Uke, I, I love Uke, which I'm very happy about because I did not like him in the preseason. And Uke uh, and Millar, they're just, like I said, they're not too far removed from the game. Fans like you and me know what kind of, uh, attitude and what kind of spark they brought to this team back in the day. And it's, it's fun to have him in there. I also think he brings a lot of life to OB and mm-hmm. that's, I mean, OB is a big radio guy, right? He's, he's all radio and that's hard to translate to TV. So it's nice to see him kind of just bring a little life to the broadcast when OB is involved, which is pretty much all the time. And it's nice that they'll be like great villains, hopefully for next year for, for Dennis Eckersley. I hope they keep both of them there. And I hope they take Tony Maserati out because I can't stand him on the broadcast. I love Maz. I know I'm in the minority there. I love Maz. He brings something that players can't bring. He's a local kid from Watertown. I love it. And I think a lot of people can't separate the, the radio Maz from the booth Maz. I love it. And I love, love what he can bring. And I know, like I said, probably in the minority there, but I love him in the booth. I want him to stick around. He just frustrates the heck out of me sometimes. Even even with like radio personality, that's his job. (laughs) Even even with like the like ejection thing, he was like blaming Bogarts, and I'm like, all right, relax, man. Well, Bogarts shouldn't have got thrown out there. That he knows better. It was a bad call. (laughs) It was a bad call, but he shouldn't have got thrown out there. I'm with Maz. But looking into some of the uh, injury updates from the last day or so, we, we we saw happen one actually in the game. Ironically enough, JBJ hit a ball out to center field and Tommy Pham hit into the wall and got taken out of the game after banging up against the wall. And looks like he could have hurt his back. back. So I'm curious to see sort of what repercussions come from that, you know, if, if he's out at all, but just keeps on coming. It's, uh, it's, it's tough because Pham just jammed up his back over the weekend and he was like, IL is not an option. I'm going to be good. He only misses a game, gets right back into the lineup and then, potentially hurts it again. It did just come in that Alex Cora did say that both Tommy Pham and Xander Bogarts will be out on Wednesday. We'll have to make a move for position player and Brian Bayo will be activated to start Wednesday. Um, so we do have a starter for Wednesday, bad news on Tommy Pham and Xander Bogarts, but it's like, you know, you watch the play and that, that wall out there, the green monster, it's not, it's not kind to players. It's not kind to Red Sox players, not kind to opponents. And it's a difficult wall to play. We've seen many players get hurt, both Red Sox and visiting teams. But it's so unfortunate, especially someone like Tommy Pham, who has been a bright spot since being traded to Boston. He's getting hits constantly. He's driving in runs. He's doing everything that 
you want a trade piece to do. He's made an immediate impact. And now it's just what we talked about in the first segment that they need to have that next man up mentality. But where does that next man up mentality come from? I am tired. Me too. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it's either Jeter Downs or Jalen Davis, who have both been abysmal uh, in Worcester <laughs> over the last week or so. But uh, they're, they're the only two guys who are on the 40-man roster. So it'll, it'll be those two guys for the positional call-up. But uh, also looking at s- some moves that were made that, that we referred to in the first segment, Nathan Avaldi heading to the 15-day IL, uh, retroactive to till uh, August 19th. He's been bothered by soreness in his neck and the right shoulder. And then uh, first baseman Eric Hosmer, as we mentioned as well, uh, on the injured list, the 10-day IL, retroactive until August 21st. Uh, and he's been sidelined due to lower back inflammation. Uh, and then also another move as well, very insignificant. Uh, Danny Santana uh, was released from the Red Sox. I know oh, you're no. super sad about this, Lauren. Uh, played seven games in rookie ball, which I didn't even know about. Uh, batted 286 this year uh, with five RBIs. But, uh, you know, besides the Santana move, uh, unfortunate to see both Avaldi and Hosmer, as we mentioned in, in the first segment, uh, being sidelined was just continues to pile up these injuries. It does. And I think that we unfortunately saw the Avaldi thing coming, especially when his second start got skipped. It was just kind of like that, oh no, he's not responding to the treatment. And he obviously needs his arm and his trap muscles to be the best pitcher he can be. So hopefully it's just those 15 days. And I'm almost at the point where I'm just like, shut everybody down. And Avaldi, you know, he's on a contract year. So he obviously wants to showcase that he can either fight for an extension here in Boston or earn a nice payday elsewhere. And Hosmer, it's just unfortunate because he's like, I, like we mentioned in the first segment, he's a nice defensive upgrade, obviously over Cordero and Bobby Delbeck. And also his wife, Casey is very pregnant. She is due any day now. So he could come back from the IL and then be away from the team again, understandably. So, so that's just it's just constant what what next what what shoe is going to drop next with this Red Sox team who's going to get injured next we saw Devers get hit in the in the hand or the wrist area on Tuesday night as well and he did stay in the game but it's never going to feel good when you're getting drilled with a pitch and he looked to be in some pain there you have Bogarts injured again and it's just like I said just shut everyone down we'll try again next year let's unplug the Red Sox give them a nice rest and come back in 2023 because I just feel like the deeper or the closer we get to the end of the season, the more these injuries just continue to pile up. And when you lose someone like, especially like Ovaldi, who's been able to give you innings, maybe he's not the most consistent, maybe he's not the, giving you the strongest outings, but he's giving you those innings. I just, I worry about Bayo starting because yeah. what's he going to give you? Two, three innings. And then you have to go back to the bullpen, which was taxed after Tuesday. It's, Oh, it just, it's never ending for this Red Sox team. Yeah. You don't know what version of Brian Bayer you're going to get. I I mean, you saw a little bit of a better version uh, during his last start, right before he got taken out, which led to this injury, but you don't really know Uh, from from what we've seen. He's, he's very inconsistent. Uh, You know, hitters are very easily able to hit hard balls off of him. So hopefully, you know, we're able to see a different, more improved Brian Bayo, but, but not really, you know, holding our breath for it. But uh, last thing that I want to mention before we go into our third and final segment is, uh, you know, looking towards 2023, one guy uh, since I've started working for the Woo Sox and even when I went back uh, before I worked for them, 
that has really impressed me down there in the bullpen is Frank Herman. Uh, I don't know if you remember for anybody who's listening, you know, he was a guy who was just tossed right in with Adam Ottavino. The Red Sox traded both of those guys for cash considerations. They got him for, and I told Derek this, for less than a bag of chips, like yep. for barely pretty much free. And it's pretty crazy because uh, between Portland and AAA, he's a five and two record. 253 ERA over 42 innings. He only has 18 walks, has only allowed 21 hits in 42 innings and has struck out 57 batters. And guy who's 24 years old, I think you really got to start looking at maybe giving him a shot uh, next season in the bullpen because uh, he's been the most impressive arm out of the bullpen for the Red Sox, or excuse me, for the Woo Sox. And He's got might, might as well see what he's got and if he can help you in 2023. Yeah, I mean, he could be a very good candidate too for the September call-ups. Mm-hmm. I mean, at this point, like I said, and like we've said for a while now, what what do the Red Sox have to lose in just trying to see what they have? If they can get a, an idea of something. And especially when you get to the September call-ups, when you get toward the end of the season, a lot of teams start resting their starters or start giving some some guys extra days off between games because they want to be uh, they want to be ready and they want to be healthy for the postseason. So why not just kind of get those younger guys in there, see what you potentially have in them, get them a, a, a full off season of good work, some good spring training games. I mean, we saw Ryan Fitzgerald become a fan favorite in spring training and he's still a fan favorite down in Worcester. So you saw he, he got his own merch. Yeah. Like he's just, he's loving life and he's like, he's just feel like he's doing everything right as, as a Woo Sox player and as somebody who's within the Boston organization, but like, why not at this point? Because the, it just seems like the wild card, it's obviously getting farther and farther away. It doesn't seem like it's as realistic as it was three, four weeks ago, even a week ago. So just, why not bring them all up? And then it's like Tristan Cassis is still playing in Worcester. So it's a win-win for everyone. Yeah. Another guy that I, I could see going up is Abraham Almonte. He's been very consistent for the Woo Sox. And then pro- I wouldn't be surprised if Ronaldo Hernandez or Connor Wong or both of them uh, come up because they have both have been hitting very well. Uh, not, not only over the last month or so, but over um, the entire season for the Woo Sox. And, you know, they're both vying for that backup catcher situation when uh, Kevin Pulecki is eventually a free agent after this season. But, you know, even though we don't know who the starter is uh, tomorrow for the Red Sox, you can bet on them on betonline.net is the fastest and easiest way for you to check in on all your betting needs and find your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. You can also find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be your top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action that is happening today. BetOnline, where the game starts. So going into our third and final segment, you know, we do the mental health minute, but I also thought it would be kind of cool to switch it up a little bit. You know, I, I know I know that there is a lot of people that listen to us Um whether you're older, whether you're younger, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some people who listen to us who would really like to get into sports or who are aspiring, you know, uh, sports professional and are either in college or, or whatever. But um, something that, you know, I, I've really noticed um, from my last year being out of college and working in sports is 
being curious, being curious about what different opportunities are out there, especially when college kids are going to school at the end of August and going to September. For most minor league baseball teams, they play all of August and all of September. And that's honestly one of the biggest reasons, not only from my experience, uh, but how I got the Woo Sox position is, you know, I took advantage of the opportunity when kids were going back to school. You know, same thing with any other minor league team that that uh, that your city has or whatever. It doesn't have to be baseball. It could either be basketball, hockey. I won't be surprised, but be curious and, and try and look for those different opportunities, you know, when they might be short staffed or at the end of the season, even if you play even if you work five games, it's experience. It's a resume builder. And just be curious and just reach out and you never know. Yeah, you really do never know. And even when you do go back to college, look at colleges in your area. Or if you're just fresh out of college, look at colleges in your area for freelance opportunities with their sports teams. And I know, you know, in New England, there's tons of schools that would, good schools with good sports teams that would probably love to have just some extra help. And, you know, same with the minor league teams, especially like you mentioned, when kids start going back to college and even, you know, when you have a team like the Cape, the Cape League here in Massachusetts, I don't know what other teams are out there across the country like that are equivalent to the Cape League, but take advantage of something like that, too, just to get, like you said, that experience and they'll put you wherever you want to go. They might have the on graphics one night. You might be just trying to maybe do replay one night there's so much there behind the scenes in in a control room when it comes to production even when on the digital side with social media with content producing there's so many different areas of this field where it is it will never hurt you to explore and then it also helps you could go in and think you want to do something and maybe you're curious about something and you could be like never mind i don't know why i was curious about that but then you know and you know, like, then you go look for jobs and you're like, okay, that's not something I want to do. I don't want to waste my time. I don't want to waste their time. So like you said, be curious, seek out opportunities and don't be afraid to just reach out to athletic directors and uh, PR directors, PR people for, for teams because it helps and it gets you noticed at the end of the day. And even if they say no, as you mentioned, it gets you noticed and it helps you start the relationship. And, and even if they say no at that moment, they'll keep you in mind for the future. But uh, I think it'd be cool to you know, mix up some of the mental health minute with, uh, with also some advice for for, uh, you know, aspiring sports professionals, because, you know, I've, I've had a year, year and a half under my belt. You, you know, you have you have eight, eight plus years, you know what I mean? So I, I think we each, uh, you know, have different things that we've learned. Me, me from know my short time you you from your long career that i think people would be able to take value from but um as always if you have not yet make sure to subscribe on whatever audio platform that you're listening to also over on youtube we post monday through friday always talking about the red Sox to keep you updated about everything that's going on around about the team we greatly appreciate everybody making locked on red Sox your first listen of every single day and make your second listen locked on mlb podcast MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings you humor, passion, and his unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast locked on MLB on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Also, as I mentioned, you know we referred to this great tweet that we uh, retweeted earlier today uh, on our Twitter, Locked On Red Sox. You know we, we try to keep you as updated as possible through that channel. So make sure to go over and follow us over there. It's LO underscore Red Sox. Also follow myself. It's at Jake Iggy and also Lauren. It's La La La, three laws, Lauren with four R's. But 
Greatly appreciate everybody tuning in. As always, we hope that you have a great rest of your day and we'll end it how we always end it. Let's go Sox. Peace. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit make these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The Eucalyptus Fiber Upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Super Light Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.